My name is Bernard Guerra, and I'm your host of the Apartment Investor Series podcast, where I provide an in-the-trenches look at the multifamily real estate market. I have been fortunate for nearly 25 years as a broker to learn from and witness what super successful apartment investors have been doing with their investment properties. This podcast highlights how the experts are maximizing their multifamily investing. Let's get started. Welcome to the podcast. Today we're here with a listener grab bag Q&A session. And we've had a lot of questions over the markets in the past few months. And I'm here with Ava Schmola. Hi, Ava. Hello there. Uh, thanks for being in charge of all the listener questions today. Yes. We've had a, a, a bunch of questions with the changes in the market recently via email from the listeners. And let's go ahead and just jump right in because uh, these questions, I think, sounds like these questions will be very pertinent to uh, what's going on in the market. Okay. So great. Go ahead and go ahead and uh, start. All right. So the first question we have is, given the uncertainties in the credit markets, what impact do you think that will have on the apartment market? Okay. Starting out with a, a doozy. <laughs> Well, let's just talk for a second about what we've seen uh, longer term, not just the past six minutes, um, mainly the past 16 years. So we've seen this before. Uh, we've watched interest rates go up and then the markets freeze. Um, and we've seen what happens when no one lends money uh, or if interest rates went up. Um, and so basically what happened, uh, you know, history can tell us that the the credit markets have an impact. Um, the number of transactions have dropped in the past when the credit markets dropped and stopped. Um, there's always cash buyers, but um, the moderately levered, you know, buyers who who are well connected can still get access to to funding and capital. Um, but also the first time buyers, those ones always seem to dry up and go away. Like right now, those are gone. Uh, in 2010, those were gone. Um, so I would say looking in a crystal ball, I guess starting looking backwards, um, yeah, I think the, the lending and the credit markets will have a total impact on the market uh, because it has in the past. Uh, there have been fewer buyers, fewer transactions, uh, Interestingly enough, values don't necessarily have not necessarily changed in the past, and that seems to be playing out now. But the trend we saw with single-family homes uh, right now is that sellers are reluctant to sell because they've got a three three to four percent loan on their current house, and if they sell and buy a different house, no matter where they move to, they're going to have to pay six seven percent. So there's fewer properties available on the market on the residential side. It's different than the apartment world, but sometimes those two mirror each other. And, you know, right now there are fewer transactions uh, going on. So, yeah, I think uh, it'll have a big impact. And in the past it's shown it has, and I think it will continue to uh, have an impact every time it happens. So do you think um, you said there's, 
fewer transactions, but are there also differences in the types of buyers and sellers that you're seeing? Yeah, great question. Yeah, there's there's definitely some cash buyers. Those ones are, have still been there and maybe more cash buyers than there were in 2010. That's a, that's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time buyers appear to be gone. I'm not seeing a lot of first time buyers right now in the apartment market. Uh, and that again, that is very similar to, to the last time we went through this or something like this. And um, so I would say the, the buyers that have um, all cash or have a substantial, you know, 35, 40% down or more cash and have access to uh, capital with that much down, those buyers are buying mm-hmm. and have the, have, so you see, start to see in this kind of trend, uh, cycle, you start to see those buyers that have cash, either all cash or you know, a big chunk of cash starting those have a higher proportion of the deals, um, which include 1031 buyers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, uh, a great question. And very, um, I guess, I guess you could say we've seen it before and we're seeing it again. Okay. Okay. Great. Uh, great. First one, Ava, that was right. A, a big one right out of the gate. <laughs> <laughs> so number two, we've got, so what is going on with the apartment market right now? Well, that's a great segue. Um, sort of answered it with the last question, but last summer when interest rates spiked, we, uh, the markets froze first, the market, the lending market froze. And then when that happens, the market freezes every time. So third and fourth quarter last year, um, the market froze. The transactions were down at least 75% from normal from previous years, recent history. So the market totally froze. And now that we're at nearing the end of second quarter of 2023, we're starting to see the markets thaw. Um, it seems like the interest rates have stabilized around that five and a half mark, uh, five and a half percent mark for uh, commercial financing for apartments. Um, so what's going on now is I think buyers and the sellers are starting to get acclimated to the new interest rates at five and a half percent, starting to see it as potentially longer term um, instead of waiting for them to come down. Uh, it seems like that's becoming more accepted as the new normal. And again, five and a half percent is historically the last 40 years really low. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just the last 10, 15 years, 10 years, it seems high, but historically it's still low. And I think buyers and sellers are starting to realize that that's occurring. So great question. We've got um, transactions uh, more things are coming on the market. It seems like the market's balancing a little bit more. It's been uh, shifted towards the seller's market for years now, five, six, seven years. And that imbalance seems to be uh, getting more corrected and more uh, less of just an intensive seller's market. Um However, on the flip side, it's like two markets happening at the same time. Um, Like the residential market, there aren't very many properties on the market for sale right now. In fact, it's probably the less amount of uh, properties available on the open market that I've seen in over 23 years. Hmm. So I guess what's happening right now is uh, there are buyers out there looking, not that many sellers, 
so it reminds me of the residential market. Again, we talked about sometimes they mirror each other. So prices haven't really dropped. Um, so, yeah, so it's really an interesting time right now where you have more balanced market because of interest rates uh, and uh, and what's going on there. But yet at the same time, there's not a lot of options for buyers to buy. So that's keeping it still in the seller's market. Mm-hmm. Um, when a buyer, when a seller puts a property on the market, I think all of the buyers are looking at each property because they're just not that many. Mm-hmm. So I still think if you're a seller, there's a window here where it's still a seller's market. Um, and if you're a buyer, uh, if you're a buyer, there's uh, financing available and really knowing what you want when it comes up and jumping on it is probably a great idea. Um, you can certainly wait and there may be more opportunities, but uh, again, the, with apartments, it's hard to find the perfect deal that fits most of your needs. Most apartments don't fit all of buyer's needs, but if something fits most of your needs, it's still a good time to buy it and lock down 10-year financing. So really a tale of two markets going on at the same time. Hmm. So really it depends. So whenever that happens, I guess, if I, what I used to tell clients, buyers and sellers both is just uh, really get clear on your goals. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're, if you're a buyer, what do you want 10 years from now? What do you want to have done now? Yeah. Do you want to find a property that fits most of your needs and own it for 10 years? Possibly feel like you're overpaying a little to buy it, but it fits all the other needs. Um, that's a good question to ask. Mm-hmm. And for sellers, you know, what, what do you want long-term? Uh, because right now it's still a slightly seller's market. So when this, when this happens, it's really great to, uh, I think, get clear on your long-term goals. Okay. Uh, what are buyers and sellers doing? Well, again, that's um, going into it. I think buyers are looking at everything. Again, this is all these questions seem to overlap on each other, um, so it's great. But yeah, I think buyers are looking. Uh, buyers are wanting to find a good deal. I think prices are still a higher for them to feel comfortable with. Uh, I think. Um, but they're out there. There's more buyers than sellers. So every time we see listed properties, we get a, lot, a bunch of calls and a bunch of interest. Uh, so buyers are really looking. Uh, sellers, I think the sellers that are on the fence have been coming in uh, to sell consistently uh, in drips and drabs, but it's been consistent. Um, so I think sellers are wondering right now. I've had more calls in the last few months about just planning and asking questions and wondering if it's a good time or not and talking about their loans when their next loans coming due and how that affects their goals. So the sellers are planning and thinking and wondering, and some people are coming to the table and some are still processing. Um, but I think it really feels like there's this, when the market freezes, like it did last quarter, like I just said, third and fourth Q last year, there, I saw this last time in 2010 and 11, where there's this, when transactions are down, there's this demand that starts getting built up. Mm -hmm. And it's starting to feel like there's this pressure from 
buyers and sellers that want to do something. And you're just feeling this groundswell buildup where, you know, buyers and sellers are calling in and talking to them. They're wanting to do something, just not sure when it's the right time. So it feels like things are building towards more transactions towards the end of the year. Okay. Yeah. Good. Another good question. So let's, let's do the next one. Are the cap rates going up in response to the rise in interest rates? Yeah. Wow. This is a question that I have been getting uh, consistently for since September of last year. Um, people just uh, buyers, especially assuming just, just basically telling me, not even asking there, they're saying, Hey, prices are got to come down. I'm sure I'm going to wait till they come down. They're going to come down. Right. And I've had that question so much. And for, you know, Ava, we've talked about this before. Um, most of the transactions that occur in the Pacific Northwest with apartments are under 50 units. Mm-hmm. Um, about 75% of them are five to 50 units. The other 12 and a half percent, 50 to hundred and the other 12 and a half percent, hundred plus the institutional market, which is not the market that, I, that we typically deal with. So in a hundred plus units, yeah, cap rates, you know, they're very institutional buyers. They have to hit a certain cash flow. They have to hit certain requirements for their, their funds that they're placing. And, uh, you know, for that, I think we saw those cap rates start going up first quarter of this year um, on those deals. Um, interestingly enough, on the smaller deals under 50 units, which is more, you know, I, I lovingly call it as the mom and pa uh, arena because, there's usually a, uh, one owner or a couple or a couple of families that are partners together. Um, they're the decision makers. Um, this is usually not necessarily their full-time job. It's an investment, uh, not nearly as analytical as the institutional market. And that market has been closer to, uh, I would say there's just been more, um, you know, owners that have owned properties for five, 10, 20 years plus in families. So it can be a more emotional process and the cap rates. A lot of times people don't really understand what cap rates are or care, frankly. And that's, that's okay. That's fine. Um, those owners really, you know, they've owned for 20 years. So the property's worth more than it was 20 years ago when they bought it. Mm-hmm. So the cap rates are, aren't nearly as on the surface in their decision-making. So as a result, I, uh, most of these transactions in, in the, Oregon Pacific Northwest, uh, cap rates haven't really changed. Okay. And they, they've been in the fives for years, some cases in the three and fours, depending on the property and the location. Um, but they're in the fives now and ranging from, you know, five and a quarter to five and three quarters, somewhere in that range. And on, uh, you know, current rents and market expenses that, just been pretty consistent and haven't really dropped. Okay. Yeah. That's a interesting phenomena that we're seeing and everybody's wondering if they'll go up. Um, and you know, right now I think, again, I'm not into prognosis because things happen and you have side effects and you never know where it's really going to happen. But the basics of if there aren't a whole lot of properties available for sale, and there are more buyers looking for properties, um, especially when the stock market doesn't feel necessarily 
uh, you know, safe for people. Mm -hmm. They want to go where somewhere feels safe. And if apartments feel safe, um, I think that's why the cap rates haven't gone up is because buyers are still buying in the fives. Right. And ideally, that's the, the market's deciding what's happening. So people are saying, we'll buy in the cap rates in the five and a half range, plus or minus. And um, that's where the market is. Okay. Great. Another great question. Are sellers leaving Portland? Oh, yes. That's the million dollar question that's been asked again, not just recently, but all this legislation has been a hot topic with rent control the past 10 plus years. Um, you know, the bill that was just shot down about capital gains taxes, you know, being used to fund uh, eviction, eviction, lawyers. Lawyers, eviction lawyers, you know, that's been on the docket. Um, yeah, that's a great question. Um, to answer it, I would say, again, yes and no. Yes, over the past five years, there have been a number of, it's kind of been a steady stream. It's not all been at once. So we've seen long-term owners and families start selling their Portland properties, um, whether their tax benefits have really run out with depreciation and, and maybe no loan, um, or their fixed rate interest rate loan was due, or they retired and moved to another location outside of Oregon. Uh, it's been a consistent, I think, exodus not, I wouldn't call it speedy, mm -hmm. but I would say slow and steady over the last five years. Mm -hmm. So yes, um, almost every seller that has owned for a long time that I've represented said it's time for me to leave my investments in Oregon because of really the legislation. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so it hasn't happened all at once. Mm -hmm. um, it's just been a consistent uh, a drip, I guess, if you had a leaky mm -hmm. faucet and mm -hmm. the faucet's just leaking. And it's been consistent. So that's been occurring. Um, I think there's still a number, you know, a third of the buyers every year in this under 100 unit market are from, uh, a third of the buyers are from California. Oh, okay. Well, especially on under 50 units, it's a third of the buyers. Okay. 50 plus units, it's like two thirds of the buyers. It flips. So anything above 50 units are mostly out of state money. Okay. But under 50 units is really local money. Mm -hmm. And we've seen, younger new first-time buyers buy into that um they've kind of been used to this rent control concept and um we've seen you know we've seen these uh, long-term owners decide that they've had enough especially and here's where the answer is a definite yes especially the ones that were self-managing okay yeah you know that is self-managing has become so risky and the the punishment for having a violation has become so high and the opportunities with so many more regulations and rules has become so high that it really has become prohibitive to operate your own property. Yeah. And so I've seen guys that have and men and women that have operated their own property for 30 years and just can't do it now because there's so many opportunities to make a mistake. It's impossible for um, a non-professional uh, that somebody is not in it every day, like a property manager mm -hmm. to navigate those waters. It's just too many opportunities for mistakes yeah. and errors. Yeah. And frankly, I don't, I don't blame them. I think my number one advice to, to anybody now that 
owns apartments is to have a professional manage your property. Um, so you can basically have a, uh, be protected. You know, the right thing usually happens for tenants and then the right thing usually happens for owners too. Um, and it's just, uh, you just have to have a professional these days. Yeah. So those people definitely are selling mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. And, um, well, that's all the time we have today. We end on a interesting note with the legislation. Um, Great questions. Thank you, Afa. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you next week. Okay. Thank you very much for listening. If you like this episode and want to hear more, subscribe to our podcast where we release new episodes weekly. If you want more information about the multifamily market, go to my firm's website, josephbernard.net, click on the Contact Us page, and sign up for our apartment e-newsletter. As a bonus for listening to this podcast, I will answer any apartment investing questions you may have via email at bgarrett at josephbernard.net. That is B-G-E-H-R-E-T at josephbernard.net.